This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 8th, 2016. Holy living, be pure. So our theme this month is holy living. Last week we looked at at being holy, that is being different, set apart for God's purposes. This, This morning we developed that idea even further as we're going to look at not being just set apart but being pure and so be pure is our focus today good morning connection church my name is carrie jones i'm alan jones and we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our lord and savior jesus christ would you pray with us please holy spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love Open our hearts that we might receive this morning what you have intended for each one of us. It's no accident that any one of us are here. You're the one who made that happen, whether we realize that or not. And so we give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in a series called Holy Living, and we shared last week that the book, First Peter, was a letter written by Peter. Peter was a disciple of Jesus Christ, and he wrote this letter to some exiled Christian followers in part of Asia Minor. It's a letter in which Peter encourages the people, the believers, to keep the faith, to stay strong, and not allow the surrounding culture to pull them away from their Christian virtues and Christian values. So here's what Peter uh, has to say at the beginning of chapter 2. We read, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is is good. And so if you were here last week, you might recognize this scripture because we used it toward the end of our message. Because we asked, well, what does it look like to be holy, to be different, to be set apart for God's purposes? And it means just that, to rid ourselves of all malice and deceit and envy and slander and hypocrisy. But then the scripture continues to use an interesting analogy, using a baby analogy that's kind of uh, appropriate on Mother's Day. As a newborn craves the milk of his or her mother, the exiles that Peter is talking to and in turn is talking to each one of us here today, we should crave pure spiritual milk so that we can grow in our salvation and our relationship with God. So that we can grow like a newborn baby, craving pure spiritual milk, that we might grow up and know that what we've tasted is that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And as we taste that and as we crave this pure spiritual milk, we get ever, ever, ever closer to God and the realization of being the person 
that God made us when God first thought of us. Pure spiritual milk. Say pure. Pure. Yes, that's what we're talking about. Like pure spiritual milk of Scripture. Or how about the pure spiritual milk of hymns and songs of praise, of, of worship? Pure spiritual milk. That's our key word, pure, today. Pure. Clean, clear, unpolluted, uncontaminated, untainted, unadulterated, unmixed, unalloyed, without any extraneous and unnecessary elements, not mixed with any other substance or material. Pure. Spiritually speaking, in line with the previous verse, then it would mean not evil, not malicious, not deceitful, not hypocritical, not envious, not slanderous. And we could go on and on and on with the nots, couldn't we? Pure, then, would be anything that is not contrary to God or contrary to God, what God would want for us or contrary to what God would want from us. You see, God is pure. So impure is anything that takes us away from God, and pure brings us closer to God. And fighting the impure is a battle. It's a battle that we all face. Those far from God face it. Those close to God face it. In fact, sometimes I think that the closer we try to walk with Christ, the more attacks happen, and we're, you know, we're, the evil one wants to pull us away, but the evil one does not win. Does not win. It is an ongoing battle, though, to have holy living, to be pure. But it is definitely a battle that's worth fighting. I'm going to tell you something you're probably going to have trouble believing, but it is true. I have impure thoughts on occasion. When? It's rare. It's so rare. It's, it's hard for me to... But when it happens, it happens, and, and you know, I have a choice. I can continue to focus on the impure thoughts, or I can refocus on something that's not impure, on something that's pure. For me, I find that um, if my mind goes to something impure, if I shift my mind to just an image of Jesus Christ, if I just close my eyes and I get this image of Jesus in my brain, and then my thoughts redirect from the impure to the pure. You see, pure and impure cannot occupy the same space. And so if you flood your mind with pure thoughts, the impure can't find a parking place. If some impure thoughts are taking up some of your valuable brain space, you can force them out. It's a little challenging at times, but you can do it, but it's up to you. And it's not thoughts... It's not just thoughts, but it's impure actions as well. I mean, something like uh, impure when, we're, when we have our words that are too sharp instead of being kind and gentle, when we make fun of someone in front of others. And you know what? We sometimes don't realize we're doing that, but it's hurtful. There are times when we spend time and energy um, in, in, our, in our thoughts and in what we do and what we say. So we encourage you today.
to explore that inside and to consider what it means to drink pure spiritual milk as you grow in your salvation, in your relationship with Jesus. And the question is, is redirection easy? Not always, especially if impure thoughts and actions are very much a part of what we're used to if they've been part of us for a long time. But can it be done? Absolutely. Through prayer and the love of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, it can be done. Here's the thing, though. The Holy Spirit is powerful. <laughs> but if we're determined to stay impure, we will. The Holy Spirit does not force us to a place that we're unwilling to go. But the Holy Spirit will encourage and empower us when we stop saying no to the new life that Jesus offers and our impure thoughts and actions can then be direct, redirected. Easy? Not always. Possible? Absolutely. So uh, the name Karen, which is my given name, means pure. And I've always found that kind of humorous because I know my sinfulness, but I'm trying so hard, as we all are, to, to live up to is that the why name? we changed your name to Carrie? <laughs> so I changed my Carrie. name to Carrie. So I <laughs> Where do these impure thoughts come from in the first place? Well, Satan does want to knock us off our game, absolutely. But we cannot give Satan all that responsibility because we have free will and choice, as Alan said. We allow things to enter our brains and our hearts, therefore entering our souls. It's kind of like what happens with a computer. You know, garbage in, garbage out. Say that, garbage in, garbage out. The same is true with our brains. How can we expect to be pure when we consistently allow ourselves and put ourselves in positions of impurity? How does that happen? For example, what are you reading? Pure or impure? What movies are you watching? Pure or impure? What music are you listening to? What TV shows are you watching? How about what you're looking at on the computer? Pure or impure? You cannot expect purity when you're feeding on impurity. I will say that again. You cannot expect purity when you're feeding, when we're feeding on impurity. Those impure images stay with us for a long, long time, often for a lifetime. And so this craving pure spiritual milk, where does that all fall together? Hmm. So let's continue with the scripture. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so here, Peter shifts from the metaphor of pure spiritual milk to the concept um, of the exiles and us as well being the living stones that God uses to build a spiritual house. 
where we offer sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He says that when this happens, as we come to Christ, Christ is the living stone. Verse 7, later, Peter says that in this stone, Jesus, Jesus becomes the cornerstone of our lives. Good building stone is pure. Purity makes it solid. Impurity causes weakness in the stone. God is able to use these stones, these solid stones, these pure stones, the believers, to build his spiritual house with Jesus as the cornerstone, the stone which is the most pure of all, on which the entire structure rests. Speaking to the exiles, uh, Peter tells them uh, that he wants them to remember how it all rests on that cornerstone of Jesus Christ as they build their lives on him, as God uses them. Now for us, it's like you're at church. Um, each one here is a little different. Well, size, shape, background, ethnicity, cult, whatever. We're all different. And we all have been given different spiritual gifts by the Holy Spirit. And we all have different passions and different talents. Look around for us, and no two are alike here, just like stones. Have you ever watched a stonemason in action? It's, it's really kind of interesting where he picks just, he or she picks just the right stone to fit in just the right slot, and, and when he gets done, the structure is solid. And that's how it works here. Each one, a little bit unique, and God chooses each stone and places them just in the right spot for that spiritual house that we're talking about here in the scripture. That spiritual house with Jesus as the cornerstone, all the rest of us resting on him for the structure that God's building. It's awesome, isn't it? So Peter continues to tell us, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, so Peter reminds the exiles that he's writing to that God has chosen them. And he reminds them that they are a royal priesthood, telling them, in effect, that they don't have to be clergy. They don't have to be ordained. They don't have to be officials in the church in order to be chosen by God to carry out God's work in the world. True for us as well. All y'all are part of that royal priesthood, called by God, gifted by God, sent out by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. You don't have to have a degree from a Bible college or a seminary to be a part of this royal priesthood. Each and every one of us is a part of this holy nation. This nation set apart for God's work, God's special possession, that we might declare the praises of him who called each of us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Isn't that a great expression? Out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. 
And Peter reminds the exiles who they were and who they are now. Once they weren't a people, and now they are the people, the people of God, who have received God's mercy in Jesus Christ. And that's true for us as well. Once we weren't a people, and now we are the people of God. Before Jesus, we had not received mercy, but as followers of Christ, we have now received mercy. Mercy, tender, loving kindness, unconditional love. We don't deserve the mercy. We don't deserve that. That's what mercy is. It's just lavishly extended to us. Even in our impurity, even in our unholiness, God's mercy and love is relentless in chasing you down so that you would come into this closer walk with him. We are called to share that mercy with those who we meet in whatever circle that we're in, whether we're a student in school, whether we're in the workplace, whether we um, are at home, whether we're in the community, whether we're in Walmart, wherever we are, we are called to extend mercy, to seek the fruit of the Spirit, which we've talked about in the last few weeks, to reflect Jesus and share what Christ has done for us if we have that opportunity. And we're not called to do that just sometimes. We're called to do that all the time. We're just not Sunday Christians. We're Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people of God. That's what it's about, to live holy, to be set apart, not casting judgment, not putting people off, but embracing and loving especially the unlovable. If not us, who? If not us, who? When I'm put in situations like that, I just, you know, I just kind of go right, okay, Jesus, what would you do? And that's a pretty, uh, we get pretty interesting answers when we say, okay, Christ, what would you do? What do you want me to do in this particular case? Jesus Christ wants us to be pure and holy in our words. We don't do a good job with that sometimes with our words, do we? Especially with the people closest to us. I'm sorry, I'm completely off script. But this is important. Our words are important. We can't take them back. Our actions are critical. It's tough to undo what we've done. And our thoughts, it is so important to not let our eyes and our ears and ourselves go in places where we shouldn't go. Because that causes this indelible print on us. And then we just need to pull back and run the other way, ask for forgiveness, and seek God's pureness and wholeness. Share something that we've shared before, and I guarantee you we'll share again. You know, we're saved not by how good we are, but by how good Jesus is. We're saved not because we're worthy, because Christ is worthy. We're saved not because we're perfect, 
but because Jesus is perfect. And we're saved only because Jesus loves us and died for us. That's why. But here's the thing. Well, I'm saved. Gosh, I'm in. It's not a ticket to do anything we want. It's not a free pass. Oh, well, I'm saved, so man, <laughs> I'm good to go. That's not how it works. We had a guy here a few years ago, fairly young guy, and he had to add to once saved, I'm in. I can do whatever I want. Remember that guy, Steve? <laughs> Steve had a little conversation with this young guy. <laughs> Said, well, that's, that's not really how it works. You're called to, to actually do right, to be holy, to be pure. Kid left and said, thanks for ruining my salvation. <laughs> it's not ruining your salvation. We're not saved because we're good. But once we're saved, we're called to work toward being good. That's our thank you note, Lord. Thank you for saving me. This is what I'm going to do. See, here's the thing. Once we're saved, we're not saved because we're good, but we're called to be different. We're called to be holy. We're called to seek that pure spiritual milk that we've been talking about, pure spiritual milk of Jesus Christ, and look to that in the future. We're called to be those solid building stones that we've been talking about this morning with Jesus as the cornerstone, the priesthood, of all believers. And the priesthood is called to a higher standard. We're called to do it right, to try to be holy, set apart, to try to be pure. We're called to live out the good news of Jesus Christ, pure in thought and action, so that those around us can see Jesus in us and through us. That's what Christian means. Not just Christ follower, but Christ representative in the world. Like we said before, we're sun catchers. There's S-O-N, where the light, you know those little catchers in the windows at your house? The light comes through, and you can see the, all the colors. The sun's supposed to shine through us, S-O-N, so those around us can see. We're the solid building blocks where Christ is the cornerstone. We're to be feeding on that pure spiritual milk. Are we called to do these things in all situations? Absolutely. It's easy to do on our good days, but we're called to do it even on our tough days. It's easy to do with those people who are nice and friendly, but we're called to do it even with those people who are a little bit of a challenge. If you don't know anybody who's a challenge, probably you. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> um, we're called to do it at church, at work, at home, at school. We're called to do it when we feel like it. And even more importantly, we're called to do it when we don't. And so is this easy? No. It is not easy. It takes discipline. You know, this living a life, trying to get closer and closer to God, more of Christ, that's less of us. 
The more Jesus in us, that's the less of us, our fleshiness. And so how do we get closer? Well, you know, it's reading scripture, it's, it's prayer, it's meditation, it's fasting, it's the spiritual disciplines that we, we talk about. It's spending time in a positive Christian environment rather than places, although we are called to be a light in those dark places. We're called to make a difference. But we need to let go of the old behaviors so that we can point ourselves in the right direction. We cannot do this under our own strength at all. We will fail every time. One of the scriptures that my go-to scripture, I, I have a couple that when I'm tending to go off course, which happens a lot, and so I'm like, okay, uh, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's holy, think of these things. Or I will fight for you, says the Lord. You only need to be still. That means that I need to get still with God. You know, giving you a hope and a future. Put that stuff in your head. That's good stuff. Scripture, one-liners, good stuff. Because that helps us stay in the, in the pure realm. Here's one that you can write down. Philippians 4, 13. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's say that again. I can, I can do, do all things through Christ, Christ who, who strengthens, strengthens me. me. And so we challenge you to take an inventory this week of the spiritual purity of your lives. Would Jesus approve of what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're looking at? And how about your thoughts? Are they pure or impure? Are you building your life with solid, <coughs> pure spiritual stones or using stones that are a non-pure mixture of biblical and non-biblical beliefs? <coughs> Excuse me. Are you seeking God's direction in all that you do? Is purity important when making decisions? And are you striving to be pure as you focus on holy living? That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Our most holy God, we look to you for all things. We know you call us to be pure. And on our own, this is a real challenge. We look to you for the strength and the courage to do that. Most holy God, please help us to be the, the building stones you call us to be. Please help us to be where you fit us in. Please help us to rest on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ for all things. Please help us to crave that pure spiritual milk like a baby so that we can grow in salvation with you. We ask these things, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, All Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people.